Hello. My name is Philo. And welcome to... Secrets of the Universe. Hello, and welcome to Lock, Shock, and Barrel. Today, we will be learning how to make plutonium out of common household items. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff? (laughs) Oh, uh... Superman! Oh, oh, it's your your Iron Giant. That's good. Nice. Iron Giant. Uh, Leela? Shit, I forgot mine now. Oh, yeah. At Chris and me, the Thunder Road. Yeah. Uh, Sweet. Yeah. Kids drinking beer in the 80s. Kids drinking beer, smoking cigarettes. Of course, we're talking about making junkyard inventions. Not just in 80s movies, but it's it's an American trope that goes throughout the ages, right? Because like slashers. They're cheap to film. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> they're like just get some kids to play in a junkyard. Right, right. <laughs> some magic happens. That's right. We're talking about uh, it's the Lock, Shock, and Barrel podcast, and today we're talking about what would you even call, like call this trope or whatever? I mean, I think we're going to be talking about sort of magical junkyard inventions and crackpot inventors. Kind of this trope of low-key, low-tech outsiders that invent stuff. Yeah, um, high drinks and lo-fi. See, yeah, you're you're much better coming up with titles than I am. <laughs> One man's trash is another man's tilt-a-whirl spaceship. Damn right. Yes, that's a good episode title. Yeah. So so let's all talk better than whatever the fuck you said. <laughs> <laughs> Let's all clamber in this tilt-a-whirl and uh, see what we can find in this big old pile of shit, shall we? Yes, let's. Let's go into our three investigators' hideout. (laughs) Yes. Is that also from Explorers? Did you never read the three investigators, Ira? I guess not. I read The Great Mouse Detective, and by read it, I mean I watched it on Netflix the other night while I was drunk. What are you talking about? Wait, how did you guys never read the three investigators books? They were the best. Mm. About the three, they, well, there were three investigators, but they had a secret hideout in Jupiter Jones's aunt and uncle's junkyard. Oh. Solved all these mysteries, and they were so great. Just the They're best. Good. Oh, yeah. I'm going to send them to you. Cool. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I need yeah, a good that's... audiobook. I mean, I'm assuming this is for adults. <laughs> um, no. It's, they solve gritty murder mysteries. I mean, on a one did die, Benicula. but it was in very like Nancy Drew mystery kind of ways. They're peers right. of Nancy Drew. Agatha Christie, like they were dead beforehand. <laughs> right, right. The the dying happens um off stage. It sets the whole book in motion. <laughs> but the point is they had a hideout in a incredibly junk. cool hideout was in a junkyard. I can dig it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I still like to I would li- I would still like to have a good hideout in a junkyard. So. Me too. Same. Actually, to those of you listening, we are currently hiding out in a junkyard. Yes. The junkyard. We, we have the, known as the United 80s States slash <laughs> the junkyard known as the United States. Formerly known as the United States. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> 
so what are we drinking? What's a what hooch are y'all sipping on as we hang out in our creepy hovel? Well, I found a rat skull full of prosecco, so that's what I'm drinking. <laughs> nice. Actually, I'm drinking a Boulevard wheat and some whiskey. Wait, wait, where's it? I found a. I found the rat. I'm using the rat's tooth to open the. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> he talks to me. I love when uh you know you you can replace like regular common everyday items with other things and they work just as well. This is yeah. another trope of the, uh, the right. junkyard movie. This is, I think really that's the correct. Okay, I won't get into it yet. Lila, what are you drinking? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I am drinking just some wine. But you found it in a bag. I found it in a well it had been re, it's repurposed grapes is what mm-hmm. it is. I got nothing. How about you? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um I'm uh drinking some uh some bathtub hooch I made in this claw clawfoot bathtub that I found <laughs> here in the junkyard that I also <laughs> sleep in. You canned it. <laughs> yeah, and then I canned it. <laughs> nice. Uh here we are. Are you, is, Wendy, is Wendy on your windowsill? Waiting to be let in. We're all in the bathtub now, making bathtub gin. No? That okay. part of that, uh, is, is that zombie, a fish song? Uh, pinball wizard song. <laughs> oh, it's a fish song. <laughs> I, I was going to say, it kind of sounded like it a fish song. It might as well be. <laughs> that or a Fraggle Rock song. Right, because fish songs and Fraggle Rock songs. Yeah. Uh, here we are on this weird topic. Um, I don't think it's that weird. I, <laughs> at first, I, I was like, there's not a lot of things that fit this. And then I was like, oh, almost every movie that we like fits this. Like, Star right. Wars is just junk. It's the idea of, like, uh, somebody with less means being able to use the discarded, you know, or the a piece of some bigger thing to mm-hmm. further themselves and sort of like realign their status whether it be through battle or spiritual even like there's a lot Mm -hmm. well yeah star wars basically defines that they have whole planets that are nothing but junk like like ray is a junk trader on jakku which as far as we can tell is an entire junk planet Mm -hmm. right watto owns the junkyard in phantom menace yeah I mean, then there's the whole garbage disposal scene in New Hope. Like, it's just... Mm-hmm. And then if you get a little bit deeper into the um, universe of it, um, the Thrawn trilogy has Kamas. I mean, like, there are just lots of garbage planets out there. And the, Stop shaking your head at me, Jeff. <laughs> I wasn't shaking my head. I was just like, what, what the hell is that? I've never heard of that before. Oh. Uh, so actually what we're going to talk about this episode is um, Thrawn. That's what this episode is now going to be about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gee, I'll just throw all my on. notes away now, I guess. I, I think even the, the story behind the making of Star Wars fits into this trope because Lucas is straight up just like, uh, I need a droid. There's a McDonald's trash can. I'll put fucking, you know, dryer connectors mm. for legs, spray paint the whole thing black. Like it yeah. well, goes. I, I think that's kind of why I love it. Yeah, of course. Because that's yeah, how I, mean, that's I build things, like, too. If right. I need a prop or a costume, the first place I'm going is my recycling bin. You know, yeah, I built a whole like, I mean, it wasn't an unlicensed thermonuclear reactor, but it was a quote unquote working proton pack out mm-hmm. of shit I found in my garage. 
you know. Right. Well, yeah, and and it is like it's still a tradition of like especially a lot of like more low budget sci-fi and even like Firefly shows like that. You're like, oh, I recognize that as a reclaimed like a uh, back like cover of a Subaru thing or like you know uh, an inverted this or that just that's just been spray painted. Um, well, and in, in a lot of cases, they aren't supposed to be junk. I know that, with, again, with Phantom Menace, Lucas was saying that he was in the shower and he saw his wife's razor and he uh-huh. took it and spray painted it and it's the communicator that Qui-Gon uses. And it's like, it's super obviously one of those Venus razors. That's <laughs> what it is. But it's Yeah, I think there's different. a part in Star Wars where somebody takes a bread maker or something through the background also. <laughs> Well, but it's different than, say, in Mad Max, when they are repurposing things. That's to show us that that's the things that they had to use. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Think Mad Max is a very interesting case to me because it does a couple of different things. Like, it repurposes things because they had to do it because it's post-apocalypse. And then it also, there's some things that r- get repurposed to idolize instead of just in a, like... Uh, like the sort of car culture, the chrome, the war boys, like they just love anything that's shiny or car related because mm-hmm. it's a piece of their culture. So I think Mad Max actually has kind of a wealth of these going going around too. Uh, Mad Max is pretty. I mean, God, it's so astounding. I'm not like a gearhead at all. I don't know shit about cars, uh, but fuck those cars are so beautiful like i love the design of everything in that movie so much i said we're, we're talking fury road fury road yeah, yeah. yeah. i mean yeah. i i think the aesthetic of course was born with like road warrior but it was fully realized in, in this fever pitch kind of way with fury road and how even when you look at every little thing in that movie even the uh the mouth guard that he's wearing when he's strapped to the front of his own car uh i think it's like a tr- like a spade or like it's a it's like a gardening tool or something like that that's been inverted and like welded to something else like yeah yeah it's all everything has been repurposed in that world and nothing is really another oh another thing i really like about mad max and especially fury road nothing is wasted you know they don't you don't ever see characters throw anything away um that fish hook syringe that he has in the beginning that he's using to feed the uh nucks in the beginning of the movie he hangs on to it, and that's what he uses in the end of the movie to save Furiosa's life. Like, they don't ever discard anything. Like, even junk. Even stuff that, like... Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like the fantasy is born off of, like, uh, like we know that we're an extremely capitalist society that kind of, like, wastes a lot of things. So, in this world, they have to use every single thing. And it's part fantasy, part, like, uh dystopian you know i think that also is kind of what appeals to me about it because yeah we grew up kind of in the country and we had some outbuildings and sheds and stuff and if we were playing some sort of imaginary game and we needed an item for it we just had to go build it from whatever and tape and hot glue and whatever we could find yeah yeah I think that's another aspect of why this is so resonant is that everybody remembers being a kid and being like, like that sense of like, I think that's why these movies are so, uh, uh, have such a place in our culture is that there, there's like this sense of ingenuity that comes in with childhood and with imagination and play 
and that like a lot of it it also covers a lot more territory and territory like you know we already mentioned explorers you know fucking kevin McAllister, um right you know et on and on but leela did you have anything else to say about star wars i always have a lot I mean, to say about star wars it, but, but uh <laughs> That, those are the things I wanted to say, but if I think of anything else, I will. I, th- I think that's a good place to start. Like the different, like so, we have our junk piles. We have, uh, you know, Mad Max is like we live in a wasteland where everything is sort of valued versus Star Wars, which is kind of this bigger, more exacerbated, or more like you know, we have whole planets that are junkyards just to show the level of waste. Um, right the, of the pretty much of the Empire. Of the Empire, yeah. So much so that, like, even whole, like, a- ecosystems and jobs and lifestyles are all born out of it. Um, right. Okay. I think we're off to a decent start here. I think this might be worth mentioning that Toy Story 4 touches on this. <laughs> I don't Was know if you've seen it. Was it 4 or 3? Uh, well, 1 does, and then 4 does again where, like, the kid makes an item out of trash. Mm. And uh, that oh right, right. use life into it, and then but the toy thinks that it's trash and thinks everything is trash. Like he doesn't under like he. It's kind of like winking at you that like just you know all your material wealth could be viewed through the same lens. You know, kind of just like everything's kind of trash if you look at it that way. Um, mm. It's really just your attachment to it that makes it special, and uh, I think that kind of does go back to the like the feeling that Star Wars sort of gets to where like people are treated like trash in that universe more so and they I don't know I think that I think there's something that uh definitely has where people feel like based on larger corporations like an empire or something or some lar- larger corporate body it gets away with like treating them like the rest you know just like you know, expendable. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you, so uh, the fact that a whole, you know, the like poorer class of people and the rebellion is built completely off of this, like trash gathering lifestyle. Makes me think of, of Wally. Yeah. 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 I mean, kind of like it, it's trying to take us back to like a human life is intrinsically valuable sort of feeling. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, yeah, Wally has it, as well too yeah and there's some of these like that i think the invention is used to spiritually like overcome that that step like mm, uh like yeah. in star wars it's 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 sort of like by them cobbling all their stuff together like the millennium falcon is basically just that metaphor over and over it's uh, the hunk of junk you know <laughs> that they're constantly working on but you, you either of, gotta hit it or sweet talk it <laughs> Yeah, but it's their relationship. It's just a metaphor for all of them like falling apart and then coming back together in order to mm, mm-hmm. overcome something. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. No, I, I think that's actually a really good metaphor for um, them as a group. I hadn't thought of that before. A lesser example is the moose bed from uh, Return to Oz. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like the Millennium Falcon in that it's like cobbled together from junk and it represents how <laughs> they're just anxiously held together by string and magic <laughs> and it's got I, I, it where it counts kid <laughs> yeah exactly you gotta see how this thing handles <laughs> for the un- uninitiated uh, at the climax of the movie they escape on a it's about halfway through 
Well, they put a fucking moose head, like a di- like a <laughs> mounted on the wall moose head. Yeah. They put it on a bed and then tie some other shit to it to make wings. And uh, then they some pour- fronds, like palm fronds. Right. And then they pour the most horrible fucking uh, literary device ever, life-giving powder. Like, that's just mm-hmm. like complete anxiety for me whenever that's brought up (laughs) like like, just if you were like i'm gonna bring this jar to life that scares me but if you're gonna combine the jar with like you know some other stuff i'm like why would it (laughs) that's just gonna make more problems and the moose immediately is like uh i don't know if i should even exist (laughs) well he even asks what he is and she's like i don't know you're you're a thing he's like well okay (laughs) Um, but I think that's actually, like, eh. I think, I think that's one of the most bare bones example of what we were talking about a second ago of like kids just basically pushing furniture together and be like, now I have a boat, and, you know, and um, the magic, their imagination and, then, and Lincoln and dark imagination to like, and I mean, kind of like, you know, inventing something feels like magic. Like it mm-hmm. was, didn't exist before and now it does. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. No. Um, that's a. Not to be too dorky about it, but that's a, you know, it's a pretty old idea. I mean, wasn't it, who in Greek mythology had that fucking robot owl? Was it Athena? Are you talking about the 80s? Like, No, no, Clash that like, I, I yeah. thought it was from Clash of the Titans, but that actually straight up is from Greek mythology. Yeah, no, it was, it's Athena. <laughs> Athena, okay, yeah. Had a robot owl? Yeah, yeah like a clockwork, shit. like the concept of a, a clockwork automata was enough of a thing to where it, like, it was something that the gods could possess. That's um, cool. I assumed they just put it in there because Rocky Four had a robot butler, and they're like, "We gotta have." A <laughs> we gotta one up Rocky Four. <laughs> what the fuck were we talking about? Oh, Rocky yeah, Four just totally blew all my thoughts out of the water. <laughs> well, the idea of like a the, the that being like the idea of the pinnacle of human creation being like this like uh, automated owl for the gods or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so it kind of like links the inventor and the artist to like that creative, like this trope does quite a bit. Oh, like a, like a Nuni and Soong thing. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah I kinda, it took me a minute. You mean off and wrong soon, soon? I remember he had a broken heart because he couldn't fart or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Star Trek Next Generation uh, for you faithful listeners out there, yeah, in case you, you didn't catch it. Dweebos, Dweebos and Maxis don't know he's the guy who invented data. And lore. And lore. And he accidentally. Hey, I am not less perfect than lore. Um, <laughs> Wrong. Real, real quick, before we jump into the concept of the artist and the inventor, which I think is like the thing to talk about here. But before we do that, uh, just a couple other favorite junkyards um, mm-hmm. that I think are worth mentioning. Um, District 9. I think District 9 is also another example of like, you know, we were talking about sci-fi and Star Wars and the sense of like the other, you know, and and how like the Empire is. It's very easy for the Empire to be like rebel scum. You know, you're just so gross and your hovels and your junk planets. Yeah. Um, I feel like District 9 has that, too. Um, It's like they've forced the the situation on the on the aliens and that like to to make them live in squalor. And by the end, you know, the main character has fully transformed into one of the creatures um, and he's living among like like everything. And the the movie starts with like those characters uh, searching through junkyards, trying to find 
magical alien MacGuffin juice to, uh, you know, uh, power their ship. So it's this idea of like also that like junkyards hold like hidden treasures. Um, right. Uh, it happens in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Part Two: Secret of the Ooze. Ready Player One. <laughs> does it? Where does I it mean happen? they live? They live in a giant. Oh yeah, that's basically. right. Yeah, they live. Yeah, they live in those big structures. The stacks. And the stacks. Uh, and all the like old antiquated video games are like the junk of the that he has to sift through to get the mm, you know mm-hmm. the secrets unlocked. Uh, I will also but where, int- wait. Secret of the ooze. Uh, what is in that? Sorry. Oh, uh, that's where both the ooze and Super Shredder are discovered. No, not he wasn't Super Shredder at that point. Just the body of Shredder like emerges after he was presumably killed in the first film. Well, if you uh, remember how we talked about in our comeuppance episode when Casey Jones murders him, <laughs> murders Shredder <laughs> yeah. in a trash compactor. Shredder was a dick. Well, I'm not saying he wasn't a dick, but it was murder. Oops. 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 Deleted scene of Shredder screaming for mercy and blood just <laughs> shooting out of it. <laughs> um, moving on. The Transformers movie, The Planet of Junk. I always really loved that one. That's the best part of the movie. It, it, has re- the weird, it really it has is. The Weird Al song. It has Eric Idle. Eric Idle is Red Guard. The little junk bot. <laughs> and it's like they get their arms shot off and they just like j- put junky ones back on. And yeah, and Eric Idle speaking really quick. Uh, yeah, speaking as like uh, TV <laughs> whips and stuff. Bless you. I'm Bless sorry, you. I couldn't find the mute button. It's okay. Nope. No, nope. it's uh, it's dusty in this junkyard. It is. It's dusty. See, in this see how I work that in? Uh, we're using these old diapers we found as masks. <laughs> yeah, we're being COVID safe. <laughs> we're COVID safe. <laughs> mm. And the other two, I guess, uh, should mention in the horror angle. Oh, oh well, actually, two of these are Stephen King properties. One isn't. Uh, Christine, you know, oh, yeah. uh, finding Christine in a wrecking yard. Oh, yeah, I was wondering if they found, like, mm-hmm. I was like, where did he get the car? I don't know. I'm not going to click it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it was a junkyard. <laughs> uh, Stand by me, you know. Yep. Yeah, chopper. chopper. Sick balls. Chopper. Right. Sick balls. <laughs> what I heard was. Now what uh, he said. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3. Um, it's where they... That's uh, where they put the body. Where they and put the a body. little franchise called Saw. <laughs> mm, yeah, I guess. Moving on. <laughs> and also, <laughs> I would count... Just because you don't like it. I mean, I guess you can. <laughs> I'm okay with doing that. Okay, um, I, I don't particularly like it that much. I don't know. I think the sewer in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles... You know, there's a lot of discarded refuse stuff that Donatello uses to cobble together their technology. So, I think speaking of inventors, and and that's the segue to inventors. I think. Yes. Okay. Uh, what Jeff? What were you gonna say? Uh, I think it's a interesting to note that a, this is like a this a lot of this trope plays out like an extension of the uh, a body horror horror type extension of the pollution revenge movies, which I would. Mm-hmm. I would include Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in and Toxic Avengers. Like, basically, the filth uh, ends up creating something that takes down the power structure or something. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's kind of a similar thing. But anyway, Inventors, Inventors. That's a, that's a good example. And another good example of the disenfranchised um, shit upon, you know, taking the power back. But if we are talking about inventors, would you guys like to play a game real quick? <gasps> yes. Game. Sure. Mm-hmm. 
As long as it involves crafting. Uh, Sorry, all games involve crafting this, these days. <laughs> video games. Yeah, which I think like, is an extension of this trope as well. Oh, it, it, it totally is. Like, it's in Bioshock. It's like, do you want to take a handful of screws? I'm like, uh, I, you <laughs> like, wouldn't be you offering them to me if I didn't Crafting in video games is just like the total wet dream of like what crafting would be. Like, because it's really like if you get a bunch of bullshit, it just sits in your box for like uh, three years. <laughs> like, until like later you get real high and make like a a steampunk hat out of it that everyone laughs, laughs at. Exactly. It's, but it's it's the Chekhov's gun, right? Right. You know? I mean, we hope. Eventually well, make something out of it. Like, yeah. That's what Anton Chekhov said. Mm-hmm. If in the first act you have hung a pistol on the wall, then the following act it should be fired. Otherwise, don't put it there. Yeah, Chekhov's wheat thresher. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, yeah, I, I I think that's a good point, too, of, like, these stories often are, like, we really like the end, idea of being inventors, but we really, like, I, I, I you know, well, they I never, all the kids go movies through the ones, Like, the Bill and Ted's ones, you're like, they can't go to, a, like, a radio shack and find all the stuff they need to make sentient robots. <laughs> Couldn't they? <laughs> It then, sounds like we're not fun, we're not endorsed by radio yeah, shacks. And then, and then everybody's like, shut up child version of Jeff who is Werner Herzog. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is who ridiculous. said that to you? Dad. Oh, yeah. He <laughs> would. Okay, like, so this game... Realism. This game is called Spare Parts. It's mm-hmm. not very long because honestly I couldn't find... I was like, this is a great idea for a game and then like, uh, I just couldn't find that much with it. Basically, I'm just going to give you a, a parts list um, that might... <laughs> Okay. Uh, appear, like you know. Yeah, you yeah. see where I'm going with this? Just give you the parts so you list. Give us the parts, and we name the inventor you name or the movie or the either one. You you either name the invention that would appear on the patent application or <laughs> the uh, <laughs> the inventor themselves. Yes. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> Umbrella, clothes hanger, portable record player, saw blade, fork, string, walkie talkie. Speak and spell. Oh, fuck. Is that E.T.? You got it. What is that in E.T., though? Why do I know that? It's like you just... That's how he phones home. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> I was the like, phone. I'm, it's either I... a Rube Goldberg machine in the beginning of the movie that they use to pop the toast up, or it's the <laughs> integral plot device of the movie. <laughs> the, okay, yeah, the intentional versus incidental uh, devices is something I want to get into later, but... All right, moving on. Um, I've never seen E.T., so... Really? Yeah. What? I know. But you looked like Drew Barrymore when you were a baby. <laughs> yeah, no, like, that's when she said all those people on fire if with their mind. you watch fucking E.T., <laughs> yeah. you'll know that you did. You don't yeah. know now. That's what I'm... <laughs> I watched Firestar. And Ira looked like E.T. Like, what do you... <laughs> you should watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I looked like him when they they found him by the river. And he's just all oh. puckered, oh, wrinkled, and no. pasty white. No. Anyway, moving on. Okay. Uh, spring, suction cup, rope, miniature winch, and a belt buckle. Data. Good. Yeah. yeah. According to the uh, Goonies, Goonies wiki, it's called the buckle gripper. Mm. So... Whatever. Cool. I I bet I would have won the game if I knew the name Buckle Gripper. 
That sounds like what people do in seventies pornos. I was gonna say. <laughs> sounds like a porno name. <laughs> like it, it's like barebacking. It just sounds scary. Like it's like a mustache ride, but you know. Yeah. Oh, fun. Um, like I'll have that, and everybody's like, "No, no, you." Won't. <laughs> okay. Uh, a pot-bellied stove, a tea kettle, wood, rope, and an axe. Oh, uh, uh, Maurice. Yeah, hey, uh, you got wood it. Wood splitter, yeah. Yeah. Crazy old Maurice. Beauty and the Beast. Yep. Oh, from the, the uh, cartoon? Yeah. Sweet. Remember in, in the cartoon when, uh, <laughs> when Chip gets control of Maurice's wood chipper and he uses it to kill Gaston? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> slowly acts into him. That was great. <laughs> yeah. Did Chip have a gaping head wound? When he, when he came back into a human, you mean? Yeah, I always wondered <laughs> that. Um, no, but have you ever talked to Ben about uh, uh, cousin Ben about Ben is uh, our cousin. I don't want to hear about him if he's talking about Miss Potts. Well, <laughs> this whole thing about when the castle became enchanted and Chip's age, that Chip is actually. Must have been conceived while Mrs. Potts was the tea, ke- tea kettle. <laughs> <laughs> it has disturbing implications. Um, oh, man. I, yeah, think about it, right? Because their yeah. ages did stop, you know, because Beast and is still aging. And that didn't take no for an answer. <laughs> it, was, oh, it was probably Lumiere. We all know it. Yeah. Anyway, moving on from that. <laughs> okay. Uh... Just a bunch of goddamn bathroom accessories slapped together. <laughs> hmm. like just like into a single multi-tool thing. <clears throat> Shoots shaving cream. Oh. Mm-hmm. Aw. Has a, has a razor that comes off the side. Imagine you're late to the big meeting. Yeah. You know? I know uh, this movie. I've it, seen yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> Putting the timer on. Uh, and he, like, it's just like a kind of like used to show how the main character is a loser. Is it Wayne Zielinski? Nope. Oh. It is uh, the bathroom buddy from Gremlins. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, in the beginning when he's like, mm-hmm. it's the to show that his dad is this weird, wacky inventor guy. Yeah. Right. He's a bad inventor. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. He also just makes bad decisions. He's yeah. just kind of an asshole. <laughs> like he leaves He's the a... family alone. He, you know, he does this. He he doesn't. He gets this weird creature that you know. Uh, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. He buys off the black market, and he's like, "Yeah, my kid will be cool with this." Yeah, yeah. I, I got to go to this weird inventor convention. I'm watching now. it tonight. <laughs> it's a pet, a pet with weird rules. Yay! <laughs> no problem there. Kids are great with that. <laughs> this is just like uh, a story of the first person who bought a sugar glider. <laughs> like, <laughs> basically, what they remember yeah. from it is like the gribblings. <laughs> it's like you didn't love it enough, and it died. Okay, uh, a trash can, wood framing, car battery, a homemade computer, a television screen, door to a washer, an old tire, explorers. Vel- you got it. Nice. Vintage tilt a whirl. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we didn't get to the. Dun, I would have given it away. Dun, 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 d
Which, okay, real, real quick, I want to talk about how the, the mouse translator in that movie is a way more significant uh, yeah. discovery. I, okay, that's a beautiful thing about these movies. That, like, they will do the joke sometime where it's like, this is a way better invention, but nobody's paying attention to it. I but, would like cheese. cheese. <laughs> no cheese for you. Shut up, Pine. Why did he make one whole petal hell? <laughs> <laughs> okay, either he has like a freaky super smart mouse on his hands or, you know, he's just sitting on a gold mine here and he's like, no, oh, no, I guess I want to talk to aliens like fucking Seti or something. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> we can come back to Thunder Road. Um, okay, a plastic bleach jug, suction cups, a red balloon, Wood and canvas, uh, belt straps. That's all you get. Sorry, read the list one more time. Okay. Uh, plastic bleach jug, suction cups, a big red balloon, wood and canvas, and, uh, like, belt straps. I have no idea. That would be... Well, Lily, you have a guess? I feel like I know what it was used for, but I'm not sure what movie it's from. <laughs> So what is it? Uh, not a movie, but a show. A show. A show? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. What is okay. it? Okay, that's the Rescue Rangers Ranger Plane. <laughs> oh, the plane! <laughs> it's made of... <laughs> mm-hmm. Damn it. Yep. I've got a lot more notes it's so about weird that. how you it. don't picture anything in cartoon until it's so obvious. <laughs> okay. Uh, a plowshare, a bladed windmill... A pot-bellied stove and a 73 Oldsmobile. <laughs> That's uh, Ash? Is that yes. Yeah. yes, it is. <laughs> I watched that scene again. Uh, what the fuck? It's um, like you're trying to one-up the hand thing. Uh, the saw, the chainsaw hand. They're like, what I, I get, I guess, shit do we need to do? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I guess Ash is a, also uh, an inventor on the side. Right. Okay. Like, he's like a Peter Parker inventor he's like i can do the things for me okay this one is i don't know uh, it's kind of weird but uh stay with me powdered iron oxide and an old etch-a-sketch also for my show i i don't know that one at all Leila, any guess i don't know uh that would be uh walter white making a little thermite uh, to break into know. a warehouse to steal drug supplies. A real one, like a realistic mm-hmm. one. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I see what you fucking did there. <laughs> like ET, Thanks, I've Jack also Black. never seen Breaking Bad. Oh, it's great. Okay. I've heard that. Yeah, so that's pretty good. Maybe it was the entire internet for years. Yes. Do you want to get 90 minutes of accelerated heart rate without doing any exercise? Okay. Breaking, breaking bad is good for that. <laughs> this is the last one, and it's okay. the tiebreaker. Mm. Already? We both have sucked in this. Yeah. Right. You're doing great. You're doing great. Okay. Mannequin, string, trophy used as a counterweight, and a tape recording of snoring. No, oh, Ferris Bueller's oh, Day Off. Yeah. <laughs> ah, shit. <laughs> that I goes to Jen. Just... I can tell you both knew it immediately, though. Yeah. Well, you said, man, it could have also been. Um... Sounds like one of the traps from Home Alone, which is also a John Hughes movie. Oh, yeah. Was it? Yeah. Did he do Mannequin also? I don't think so. He didn't. Okay. That movie's so great. 
Love Mannequin it. is? I haven't yes. seen it in forever. Oh, it's good. It's, very, it's peak Kim Cattrall. It is, yeah. Second City be damned. <laughs> what about Lilo? What about Big Trouble in Little China? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always forget she's in that. <laughs> I like her as that Vulcan. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. <clears throat> Which, so Jeff won. So Jeff won. Barely. Jeff, um, your Amazon gift card is coming in the mail. So. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> it's going to just be an invention that looks like an Amazon. <laughs> like, use your imagination! Yeah, like, right. I invented it on the back of some old cardboard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sharpie. So who wants to talk about wacky-ass inventors? We can talk about that. I think we should talk about it. And to reemphasize here, we're tr- I think we're trying to focus again on like low-tech, real outsider crackpots. Do they have to be good or bad? Doesn't matter. Yeah, so, th- their alignment doesn't matter. Then let's talk about them. I mean, Doc Brown being mm-hmm. the obvious one. Doc-, Doc Brown is a very good example. <laughs> My favorite Doc Brown invention is the ice maker. In uh, Back to the Future Part 3? Yes. Yeah. Whereas this most ridiculous invention is, is the, um, in that same movie, is the train. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think it's interesting that he makes these really extreme over the top, you know, he makes like a fucking time machine and then a time machine, you know, like the the train powered time machine. But he also makes like an automatic dog can food opener <laughs> that barely works. Yeah. Well, but he also beat uh, Pee Wee Herman to the patent uh, by a few months because right. both came out in the same year. Uh, but yeah, his came out just a few months earlier. <laughs> Is Pee Wee Herman? count did he invent any of that shit is it i mean he he lives in a crazy ass who else would have invented it if he did i don't you know i don't think he made it i think that's what always creeped me out about it he just lived there like it grew around him like Like wonka well he's like a giant kid it's like a parent type figure did it like some there's always an implied shadow let's not get into Wee herman necessarily but (laughs) Um, okay 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 here's another thing i think this is a great uh another thing i noticed that i want to point out when the inventions don't exist to point anything out other than point out the character of this wacky person. Uh, Wallace from Wallace and Gromit, uh, Pee Wee Herman, and to an extent, Doc Brown. Like, you see traces of Doc Brown stuff before you see the DeLorean, right? Like, the way his mind reader thing doesn't work. Means this damn thing doesn't work at all. Yeah. Well, right, like, it shows us insight into the character immediately. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like, this is the world Pee-wee lives in. Like, even, even if they never even talk. Like, mm-hmm. Silent Bob. He's an inventor. Does Silent oh, Bob yeah. have a... Silent Bob, who's an electrical oh, genius. Yeah. He won the yeah. science fair in 8th grade by turning his mom's vibrator into a CD player using chicken wire and shit. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Where do you get these marvelous toys? Exactly. Those wonderful toys. Um, but that's a Batman reference. The other one's just hilarious. Yeah. Okay. That's that's fucking great. And uh, but yeah, it points out this rich creative inner life that these characters have that they don't really need to apply to the rest of the world. Um, Pee Wee is a like kind of the base level perfect example of that. Why right, does he have an insane you... Rube Sorry. Goldberg device of a breakfast machine? Right, well, and it kind of shows you that they're operating on a bit of a different plane than other people. And usually, 
a, some of the conflict of of it comes from the fact that they're a little different. Uh huh. Yeah. Like like Zelensky and Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Like he can't. Yeah. Know, he, that, okay. A yeah. Wavelength. Yeah. Pee Wee is perfectly happy being Pee Wee. Uh, all he wants is his bike. Yeah, like Rick Moranis and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. He like there is uh, a friend of mine pointed out something that was pretty interesting that a lot of these characters, it revolves around the concept of the American dream, which is what Rick Moranis is trying to do in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. He's trying to get into the, you know, he's trying to get that million dollar idea. And I think that's also what the dad and Gremlins is trying to do. He's trying to lift them out of poverty and and have, you know, come up with the thing. Um, and the explorers, they're trying to get space flight. That's like mm-hmm, a mm-hmm. sort of an, I mean, that's a different American dream. <laughs> well, Miles Dyson is trying. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I'm sorry. I can hold it. <laughs> you never know what it's like to create something. You piece of shit. <laughs> Men like you thought it up. Chin ups. Chin ups, yes. You're like Sarah Connor before she did shut ups. <laughs> okay, this You never know when he's gonna drop that bomb. Yeah. Uh, I just want to like see in a, a cut of Terminator Two where he does that for like twenty minutes more. <laughs> it just keeps cutting back to him doing that. <laughs> and the SWAT guys are like, should we should we like go back in? Like what? Should we go get him? Like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. I and I think uh, Doc Brown is also probably an example of like you know they're like oh the crackpot inventor you know he's somebody who we don't really know, like we know that he has a family fortune but we get the right. idea that he's pro- he's trying to accomplish something maybe more for like the the quote unquote betterment of mankind or something but I don't know I don't think so I think he was just inventing shit to to invent it. Okay, yeah. yeah, and then there's just the creative drive. Right. I think like, I think it's like interesting Egon. to make distinctions. That's actually a big theme in Back to the Future, where he's like, I mean, because it's basically like, oh, I shouldn't have made this. Like, that's like his biggest regret is having invented this time machine. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so that becomes kind of more of a like that's the creator, the mad scientist dealing with the reckoning of their drive to create without forethought. Like, uh, if I may, may I? You mayn't. Oh. Oh. <laughs> That's not a word. Are you going to yeah. talk about Seth Brundle? Uh, no, but I wish I thought of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the 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 doomed uh, creative. Um, yeah, no. What I was going to mention, I, Leela, I know you haven't seen Breaking Bad, but I'm sure you know the 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 idea behind it, right? Right. Yes. It's a uh, this it's... this disillusioned genius who didn't make it big even though he's like brilliant and he suddenly finds a way to make a lot of money in the criminal empire but in doing so he sort of traps himself into it and it becomes addicted to power so in that um i was sort of reminded of like the doomed inventor uh daedalus um who invented the labyrinth i get for king minos and Minos wouldn't let him leave because he knew the secrets of the uh, the labyrinth. So he becomes, in a way, trapped by his own machine, by his own creation. And then, furthermore, to try to get his son, uh, to Icarus, to escape, 
he makes the wings, but you know, that's a product oh, Jesse failure. Is Walter's fucking Jesse, Icarus. Oh my god, he is! <laughs> oh my god. Holy dicks. Mr. White. <laughs> Mr. White. <laughs> bitch. Fuck. You bitch. <laughs> like, Jesse! You're flying too high to the sun. You're flying too high, Jesse! <laughs> Jesse! <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that kind of works, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, um, for the purposes of how many drinks I've had, it works splendidly. <laughs> it's genius. I'm a genius. Yeah. So I think those are like kind of the two ends of the spectrum. It's like you kind of have the you have, or, or you have like people who are creatives who just make stuff because like Pee Wee Herman. Then you have like the lower end, like people who. They they just create because they have to. There are people who are trying to break into a system, like into like making it big. And then on the very on the other end of that, you have people who have been through the system, through say like, uh, you know, like Egon and Ghostbusters talks about right. having for the private sector. And he's sort is, of like got a Zen like state or something. Yeah, like out of it because he doesn't invent to his own destruction. He just manages to be chill <laughs> yeah yeah actually can we bring up the and he collects giant? spores molds and fungus <laughs> yes he's the best among them can we bring yeah. up what jeff the iron giant one more time yes please. always because i think this has an interesting thing where it's instead of an inventor they have the artist character and he makes mm-hmm. a bunch of things that are not understood by the society around him but his zend out like, you know, creation sort of thing gives him the ability to see the giant, a creation that could be good. like he he has the ability to not be scared of the iron giant, like so because I, I can't really remember, but the giant doesn't come from Earth, right? Mm-hmm. Right, right. It doesn't. So it's an invention of someone's that's gone that we completely I do am not, not understand. Gone. Right, and uh, it's interesting that it's like the uh, instead of the inventor, you have the the artist who's like understanding that same drive to make something, and I don't know. I just love that movie, I guess. Yeah. Hey, you're yeah. opening more rat wine. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> you open up more of this this rat butt wine. Um, no, this rat skull. Uh, rat skull, rat butt. You know, beginning to wonder whether or not what he's saying is true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, Iron Giant, I think, is a wonderful example, especially when you consider, like, um, yeah, the artist, uh, at one point, the Iron Giant hides in plain sight as a piece of art. Um, yeah. He's very much considered the other and the outsider by, uh, oh, God, who was the bad guy from uh, Happy Gilmore? I think he was the the voice voice the villain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, the guy's like, sometimes I even wonder if you're listening to me. <laughs> yeah but I, th- I have a note here that iron giant and explorers also and some other films i'm sure but they unlock the in- imagination to uh sort of transcend the short-sighted ignorance of the local authorities or the secret police or whatever like authoritarian state that can't understand that like the this great power could be a great wonderful thing for humanity they just see it as a giant threat mm-hmm. uh, but like yeah, using your imagination to like get out of that rut of thinking so defensively. 
God damn it. I love that movie. It's, know. it's honestly my favorite Ben Diesel movie. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen footage of him uh, in the sound booth? Uh, it's like he's wearing a fur coat like he walked off the set of uh, fucking Fast and the Furious. He's like, rock tree. <laughs> it's great. Um, I believe that the fur coat is from Triple X. Triple X. I'm sorry. Yes, of course. Mm. <clears throat> I mean, I, I would. I don't know. You know, everybody knows he's got a big old crush on him, but that's fine because he's snack. Um. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I had two inventor ones that I don't know if they make the cut, and I want you guys yes, to tell me if they do. Okay. Castaway. And. Okay. Swiss Army Man. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen Leela, have you seen Swiss Army Man? I have not. Okay. You must. Well, you it really must. Not to spoil it entirely, but it's Paul Dano and a dead body, uh, <laughs> Daniel Ratcliffe, and he lives in the woods and makes inventions with him and uses him and his ability. He at one he the movie opens with him surfing on him using his farts to propel his body. So it's <laughs> yeah. a very ridiculous movie. But there's an invention scene, and mm-hmm. they invent, they recreate all of society around them. And I think in this case, it's used to overcome a little bit of a existential a therapy roadblock. Yeah, it's like invention is therapy. Yeah. Um, uh, well, it's it, like, it's you can tell, you can read the movie as that he's just kind of slowly losing his mind alone in the woods with this corpse. Um right. But beyond that, it actually gets at some stuff about like, yeah, you shouldn't be ashamed of your body. You shouldn't be ashamed of the fact that like, you know, you fart or sometimes your breath smells bad or stuff like that. It's actually like it's hilarious, but it's also very uplifting and positive. Yeah. So you would suggest it. Oh, yes. Very much. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. You have to be in a special frame of mind, I do think. But, uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, you... It's, a, it's a pretty amazing movie. <laughs> okay, uh, what was your other one? Uh, Castaway. Like Castaway. A... Oh, yeah. No, I, I like what you're going for there. The the, the cutoff from society. Stuck on an island, you gotta move by your own wits. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that I think is just, it kind of comes down to the sense of, like, what can we do with human ingenuity when, like, we're, when our backs are against the wall, like, and we're put in dire straits. The, it's harder to define that because I feel like they're not compe- they're compelled to it out of complete necessity. Right. You know what I mean? I think it's kind of similar to Terry Gilliam movies, maybe a little bit like mm-hmm. those. It's I was trying to like think of like uh, Fisher King or Baron Munchausen has an inventor scene where they make a hot air balloon out of ladies' pantaloons. Pretty satisfying. <laughs> and he's like wooed them into giving over. <laughs> uh, it's a hilarious conceit <laughs> it's 12, the most important part of being an inventor 12 monkeys is they literally time travel using junk at, like i mean it's just like everything in that yeah. movie is junk yeah and tideland has a similar thing too so yeah that's that's a good point like almost a good number of terry gilliam's like artistic choices are based around the idea of riffraff yeah, it people or objects. Yeah, that's interesting. I'll I'll allow it. Yep. Did anybody see Mick Mac, Max? That one's also on my list. No. It's the it's a film by the I can't remember his name. The French director. I think he did Amelie. I'm not 100 percent sure. 
but it has like it's basically like a guy arms dealers of sort of like a like his father was killed by a like rogue landmine kind of situation he was shot when he was younger so he has like a bullet in his brain that could at any moment puncture his brain pan and kill him hmm. and uh he decides oh, to now, he, he decides to like wage a war with the arms companies and he does this through street performance art in the beginning and then these like magical buskers take him into this junk pile and then they make this whole like uh there's an inventor mm. and arithmetic a bunch of different stuff and they like make all these crazy things and it just goes into like full-on uh, magical realism after that but i did have a thought earlier about um toy makers yeah um, and, and tinkerers you know i thought of like the nutcracker and like I, I don't have it in front of me, but apparently the the name of the guy in the original story of the Nutcracker, his name ma- basically means like m- like something like muckraker or agitator. Like he's the one who comes into the story to mess with the high society. Yeah, that's interesting. I can't think of any uh, like. And you I mentioned every time I watch that, I'm like, why is he alone with this twelve year old girl? <laughs> yeah, it's it's like it's who not is okay. he? <laughs> <laughs> like what is his relationship to the family? I think he's an uncle, maybe. Lila, you have any more uh, noteworthy uh, inventors? Nothing super interesting that we haven't talked about. Well, Dr. Doofenshmirtz. From? From Phineas and Ferb. Uh, I haven't Dr. seen Phineas and Ferb. <gasps> Dr. Doofenshmirtz, Evil Incorporated. It's, it's a really awesome show. You should for sure watch it. I have I have heard this from multiple people. Yeah, Doctor Doofenshmirtz is he always makes everything is an innate door. It is a whatever innate door, but he's always foiled by Phineas and Ferb's platypus. Who <laughs> is also Agent P because they've never noticed. But uh, yeah, so Doofenshmirtz, Rocket Raccoon, always inventing things. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like his whole thing. Uh, Dr. Finkelstein. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Who's that? From uh, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, yep. uh, yep. yeah. <clears throat> the whole thing. Conversations <laughs> worth having. <laughs> yeah. That's like, yeah, but you're the old perv who made the hot girl first. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah he made the, the original girl doll. Yeah, Moving he really on. did. And if you think about it, it's really gross. But <laughs> And then he made another one with his face. <laughs> right, yeah. right, right, right. I had to look up this name because I had no idea that, that, that what his name was, but Brackish Okun. I don't think he was really an inventor, just a mad scientist. He He's the uh, uh, Brent Spiner scientist in um, Independence Day. <laughs> oh, right on. Die! Die! <laughs> What is it you want us to do? <laughs> That's a great non-data Brent Spiner impression. That's yeah, what he sounds like every other time he's in the data. <laughs> really cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, wait, no, that was Die Hard Three. Sorry, I'm confusing my nerds, <laughs> my yeah. movie nerds, mid '90s movie nerds. And then uh-huh. there's you know Tony Stark, of course, but. Mm-hmm. Well, now, yeah, now we're getting more into the the well-funded uh, scientists. Right, right. I'll go, uh, I'll go you with some 
poor. You got your Starks and your Waynes and your, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think if you're going to go there, you got to mention Mickey Rourke from Iron Man 2. Because he's basically like, he has I to. I really had to suspend my disbelief. Go junk. ahead. Yeah, yeah, you're like, Mickey Rourke couldn't fucking make a crack pipe. Uh, <laughs> oh, I bet he could. <laughs> God damn, y'all. And you know, know Tony Stark could. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> This, this is how we old, lose sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> Good basketball uh, reference. Yep, oh, yeah. That was a basketball reference. Yep, yep. That, is that our first basketball reference on the show? I believe show? it is. Cheers. Like six Cheers. years? Yeah. Good, I feel good like it's a good, it has great quotes. It does. Uh, Pissing like a champ in no time. <laughs> it's kidneys, Doug. <laughs> uh. So I also have written down, and this is kind of an important one: the mice and Cinderella. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Now, now you've broached into this whole other area that I want to talk about. Okay. Awesome. Cool. I'm glad to have broached. <laughs> you've broached. No. Is there anything like else you want to say about Cinderella? No. It's just like those mice fucking help her do her a solid. They and do her many like solids. Sleeping Beauty. They you know, try to form a man that's better than the only man in the movie. And they do a very good job. Like she, I still am like, she probably could have lived happily with an owl and then two squirrels (laughs) boots and then bird hands (laughs) guy. Like she could have lived out the rest of her She just marries that? Yeah, she could just marry that conglomerate. Like Like a real pagan queen. Whenever her back's turned, they split apart and get everything done. Like, Right. (laughs) Uh, I love that. I'm just saying they have more character development than Philip. I don't know what his name is. His name was Philip. I don't think it's ever... Yeah, it's mentioned when they're when the dads are drunk and singing the song. I right. Think. Rose, Rose, um, for the something. I can't remember what it says. Mm-hmm. Great movie. Great flick. Toast to <laughs> the home. Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. While they're marrying away their daughter. Anyway. And, However, and, they're, and they're just completely soused. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. Back when are... Disney could show people getting shit hammered. Getting shit hammered, <laughs> celebrating selling their daughters. <laughs> but the mice yeah. and Cinderella like mm-hmm. even say like this is trash about the shit she's gonna wear or whatever, and they're just gonna fix it. Which is hilarious to have like we're vermin, and we think that you are. We need to fix you. you. Look like shit. <laughs> you look like shit. I'm a rat. I'm a rat, and you covered in shit. You look like shit. <laughs> I'm a fat, stupid mouse. Right. Um, hey, he's, I love that mouse. He's yeah. Oh no, but I mean, but his part was fat, stupid mouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a great character. <laughs> That's <laughs> who he was scripted as before they had a name, Gus. Yeah. Uh, the casting call said like, that's how he was described. But they they take you know every yeah, like they they spend gold there those mice so they certainly do. <laughs> and I'm glass. really glad you brought up inventor mice. Tell me why. <laughs> okay, I'm going. I'm about to tell you why. It's because Is this it's a, a whole thing. Is this it's a whole thing, man. It's a whole fucking thing, and it goes Baker all the way Ram. to the top. Yeah. Okay. Um. You know. Um. I'm, I'm in my cups here, and yeah. you know, I've thought about this a lot. But just hear me You're out. About to drop us some real cute and on shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is this is your cue drop for the evening. I'm I mean, they're even called computer mice, so you know. 
Whoa. Well, I mean, we what? talked about the mouse, <laughs> the super smart mouse from Explorers earlier. You know, that's that's one. We've I already been like to We should have just fast forwarded to this part because this is the gold. Keep going. <laughs> okay. Yep. okay, so I want to bring up and just my 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 first crush. The first crush is the 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 lasting crush. That's the most important one, and that is Gadget Hack Wrench from the Rescue Rangers. Okay. Um, then you have Brain. The you had a crush on Brain. No, no I had a crush on Gadget. Gadget. I'm moving on with the list. Well, I thought you were just listing your mouse. Sure, because, <laughs> My mouse because Gadget was was April O'Neil, but with big ears and like a mouse nose. Which definitely, like, I, I did a little mouth. more research about uh, Gadget. I didn't realize the voice actor also did Dot Warner and Mom from Futurama. Oh, it was uh, Tress McNeil? Tress McNeil, yeah. Wait. I know. Okay, okay. So uh, Gadget, Brain, uh, The Secret of Nim, An American Tale, and maybe Mouse in the Motorcycle. I know he didn't invent that little motorcycle. He, but he did ride it. Uh, what did well? Did Ratatouille invent anything? Did he invent fucking he amazing meals? Food. Did you watch the fucking movie? <laughs> are you saying that okay, great cooks okay. are not the same as great inventors and great artists? Uh, all right, Pirates. let's focus on um, machinery at the moment and not cookery. Like this is pretty short-sighted of you, and I'm. Dude, if you want to fight about this, we can do it off-air. But what about, uh... <laughs> what about the witches? I feel do like they invent things in the witches. They do all kinds of shit in the witches, but they're humans who have been turned into mice. Okay, that's okay. That's by. good caveat. But okay, let's just focus on these four right now. Okay, so gadget, you know, she is inventor extraordinaire. I don't know the last time what you remember at all of Rescue Rangers, but she's an inventor. She's a pilot. She right. solves crime. Sometimes. You know. Sometimes, well, some crimes, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, slipping far right through the cracks. But right. uh, and then brain, you know, obviously, like nightly, uh, is coming up with schemes and right. uh, secret yeah. of M. Their technology was like it bordered on the supernatural. Like Nicodemus almost they had seemed, to move out of that bush. <laughs> I had to move out of that bush. <laughs> you remember the movie? <laughs> yeah. An American Tale. They invented a. Uh, the Great Mouse of Minsk. I don't know if you remember that. Yep, that's right. Big, weird, creepy. <laughs> uh, I mean, the but, mouse, the Great Mouse Detective. He didn't invent much, but he was a detective, which is still impressive. Okay, yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, I'll make allowances for all the mice characters you want to cram onto this list, but um, but you see like, what I'm getting at here? Well, like Reepicheep. Um, well, Reepicheep was a. F- he was in what Chronicles of Narnia. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a marijuana strain. What are you talking? What's Reepicheep? <laughs> Reepicheep was he was the leader of the talking Narnia mice. Oh my god! I only smoke Reepicheep. And he was followed up by by Peepicheek. Okay, it's been a minute. It's it's not really that I have much to say about it, other than okay, you know, that it is a thing. I feel like it has something to do with like mice are used, like like Secret of Nim. Mice are used in experiments, and that's like how they're uh, equated with intelligence. Um, in Secret of Nim, they're made super smart. Um, well, and Reaper Cheap Aslan gave him the power to talk. Well, there you go. That's it's given to you by God Himself as in the form of a lion. Then uh, you know, Brain. We can also assume that he's been experimented on, and that's why <laughs> yes. he has that brain. They're laboratory mice. Their genes have been spliced. Yeah. Oh, is that the theme? 
Yeah. Oh my god. Okay, so it is it's a Rats of Nim situation. Yeah. Um and you know, Gadget, I guess, is just like this super cool, hot, competent lady mouse. Uh you know, and maybe it's that so many objects that are like I'm like, oh this you know, you you're like, oh, this would fit perfectly for a mouse to sit in or manipulate, like, you know, the it's that size difference thing where you uh you know, like a again, like the mouse and the motorcycle. It's like a toy motorcycle would be right. a regular size motorcycle to a mouse. Is any of this making sense? No, I think it's definitely a thing. Yeah. It's I a mean, th- and Danger Mouse was always inventing shit. Yeah. Right. See, thank and, you. And Darkwing Duck. <laughs> oh, fuck you, man. <laughs> God damn it. No, you're right. Interesting. <laughs> That's actually all I got. <laughs> I just wanted to make this point about mice, uh, inventor mice. I think uh, the last couple of inventors, I mean, uh, Princess Bubblegum from Adventure Time. Is she a mouse? She is not a mouse. Oh, okay. Um, and Neptor, also <laughs> from Adventure Time, uh, the never ending pie throwing robot. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I was just laughing because I remembered Lemmywanks, but I guess he was a gerbil. Yeah. <laughs> Take those you Google mouse and mice inventors, it's just about the computer mice. I really am disappointed in the internet. <laughs> Dude, I tried to find stuff about Walter White's inventions, and it was like, what about this episode where he did that? I'm like, I don't care. Tell me about like the battery that he made, or give you me a what? fucking list. I thought this thing was like tracking everything, but these algorithms have been lately... Just not doing me good. Not doing me, me down. Solid. I don't know. Closing. Uh, oh, 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 and Station from Bill and Ted. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. Station. Yeah. And another good example, bringing it back around to the beginning of uh, the underdogs using junk to fight against uh, the evil empire. Also, in that case, it reminded me like the good robot Bill and Ted's were invented to fight the evil robot Bill and Ted's, which seemed technologically advanced. And it reminded me of the T-800 fighting the T-1000. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I think it tracks. Okay, cool, cool, cool. (laughs) I just want to be the one to say it. Oh, I forgot to mention Battle Angel Alita. Did you see that? I didn't. It's worth it. I did not. She's a junked cybernetic being. Okay. they, They rebuild and then she kicks everyone's ass and is awesome. I liked it. I'm I'm into that. Cool. That was a Rodriguez joint, wasn't it? She it's the one where she has really big eyes. I was gonna say she uh, has big eyes, right? It's hilariously because I think like Steven Spielberg was producer and he was or James Cameron and he was like saw the original anime and was like, wouldn't it be cool to make a movie live action where everybody had big eyes? And then they didn't have then we could just like, well we could just do it with one person. We'll just do it with the main character. <laughs> and I was like so she has big eyes because James Cameron doesn't understand anime. <laughs> like, cool, cool, cool. But still pretty solid. Oh, yeah. And one last note. Uh, you know, we talk, We mentioned Kevin McAllister, but I think it's also good to mention uh, the kid in Phantasm 3. Um, he also makes a bunch of deadly booby traps, and he has like a frisbee with a bunch of razor blades taped to it. So That's right. Yeah. It's the one scene where he's... I can't remember that which movie it is where he has the hammer with the shotgun shell on the end of oh, it. Actually, yeah, Phantasm has a through line of 
uh, in wacky invention, wacky weapons. invention weapons. Yeah, no, yeah. it's the first it's just thing an eighties horror thing where it's the blasting cat. It's the shotgun shell taped to a a hammer, right? And then, which would it, fuck somebody up. Nobody do that at home. <laughs> yeah, and then in the next movie is where they make their own blowtorch and uh, yeah. or make their own flamethrower. I mean, but yeah, we should probably do a whole nother episode about. Uh, homemade traps and weapons. I thought you were going to say mice inventors. Like, and mice yes. and hot mice inventors. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so, like we should also give a shout out to Lord of the Flies. Well, yeah, I, I think a whole uh, we we could do a whole booby traps episode. Well, just like invention in that case is a negative thing for humanity. Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> the beginning of the end. But... <laughs> Boys with toys. Any closing okay. thoughts? I, I, I can't think of anything more to, to say than anybody else. If you could invent something, what would it be? Oh, right. We forgot. Oh, I, I asked that question and I forgot. <laughs> it hasn't already been invented, right? That's my problem. <laughs> right. Oh, I know. Um, I would invent myself a new butt because mine has a crack in it. Mm. Really hope <laughs> better. So you ask us to come up with things. And then, and then I, I failed on the homework assignment. This is what you have brought to the table. <laughs> how, would you, so. how would you remove your fecal matter? Uh, yeah. With my new butt? But without a crack and... <laughs> it Look. still has a hole, Lila. <laughs> oh. oh, okay. I see now. It's just like a perfect circle. With he a, a new butt because mine it. has a hole in it. Um, <laughs> wow. Okay, uh... Dark Who, times. If if y'all, <laughs> dark times indeed. Um, it's like, a, like a donut. What about, <laughs> what about you guys? Yes, I'm uh, gonna be inventing myself some differently shaped pants. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> donut butt with a donut butthole. <laughs> I was worried we wouldn't get around to this. <laughs> uh, um, no, I'm gonna go with the uh, I had a drawing that I made uh, over the course of, I think it was one of those trips that we did down to Florida when I was like in the fifth grade or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I found it years later and it was called the Pontiac and it had <laughs> a toilet on top of a car with wheels and Pontiac was in quotations. Oh, I, I get it. Yeah. Cause I thought I was so clever and uh, still gold. I would still make the Pontiac. That's my answer. A toilet car. <laughs> toilet car. I like that we both have like fecal related answers. Toilet so far. themed. Lila. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so mine was actually a real thing. I spent a lot of time in the woods, mm-hmm. and I I really really hate ticks. And it would be some sort of like mesh gaiters that you put on over your pants that are electric somehow. Mm. It would zap those little fuckers before they had a chance to. That's that is interesting, actually. Yeah. Uh, it's a it's almost something you like would see in a sci-fi story, right? Like, um, oh, don't go into the woods with that. Your, I mean, it's like the um, like, un- like a like a still suit. I was gonna Dune say it's like a still suit, but for ticks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you could drink your own pee when you wear this suit. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> like thanks, Dune. <laughs> yeah. I know it's more advanced than that, but I always. I read the Dune books in the bathtub because I'm an asshole. Uh, it has me like I've been reading the the first one lately, and I'm just like, it's really making me thirsty. <laughs> I'm just yeah. yeah. No, I would just like submerge up to my eyeballs, just with like the just with my arms at the books. 
Haha, <laughs> in your face. <laughs> Fuck you, fictional people. Yeah. I actually, damn it, I want to consider this question a little more, but I might have to. I'm gonna have to. You say already it on the next chose episode. your butt thing. I already chose <laughs> my new butt. I want a new butt. <laughs> and close uh, uh, with uh, I want a new truck <laughs> or what? Or new drug? No, it's gonna no, it's gonna I be the Weird Al version. I want a new duck. I want a new duck. Quack all yes. night. Right. Yes. Quack 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 quack. <laughs> or just again us not getting the licensing for it. And... Why? Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I think uh, I think we've invented a pretty good episode here. <laughs> yes, <laughs> well, definitely as good an invention as a moose sentient moose bed. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I even alive? <laughs> so our next episode will be sentient moose. Sentient moose. Tune yes. in, y'all. There's two of them. We're going to talk about them for an hour. Ooh, what's the second one? Tune Evil in later. Dead two. Oh, okay, oh, don't oh. tune in later. <laughs> yeah, never mind. No, don't tune into that. Good night. 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 That was a deer in Evil Dead Two. Yeah, that was totally a deer, by the way. It was a moose. And in, in the no, it was a moose in the play. It was a deer in Evil Dead. I mean, it's funnier if it's a moose. But... Yeah. It is way funny. I saw that play with you, Jeff. Oh. You Jeff's muted talking, yourself. But he's muted. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, I I don't have anything clever to say. Uh, oh wait. Well, why wait, should guys. we? Why should we change now? Uh, yeah. Do you, guys, guys, do you know what this means? I do. Yeah, it means I think it's a this damn thing it doesn't, doesn't work, work at all. At all. Good night, everybody. Good night. dumb shoes are picking up the slack. There's no case too big, no case too small.